0: Hey everybody, I'm Connor. That's Doug, and welcome to The Future Pod, a podcast that explores the theory and physics of time travel. So hop into your DeLorean and take a ride with us as we debunk the cosmic speed limit in Einstein's theory of special relativity. We'll also take a deep dive into the relationship between matter, energy, and gravity in black holes and baby universes. And we'll finish strong with a hard look at the quantum mechanics of time travel using the Godel metric and the evolution equations for density states in the presence of closed time-like curves.
1: Connor, Connor, let me start stop you right there. I don't want to poke holes in your little theory, but I don't think you actually know what you're talking about here. Did you even apply Novikov's rule to the density matrix?
0: Well, no. I applied the state vector to non-unitary physics with a dual description of post-selection.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. What's next? Are you going to try to imply that time evolution equations resolve the grandfather paradox and non-determinism?
0: I mean, I was thinking about it an uh,
1: amateur hour here. Thankfully, this is not that podcast. This is The Bethel School District Presents, a podcast about the Bethel School District, and we have a great show for you here
0: today. This week, March 13th through 17th, is Education Support Professionals Week. The efforts of education support professionals allows us to provide and sustain high-quality services to students. The school board recently adopted a resolution that reflects the board's sincere appreciation for the education support professionals' never-ending dedication and continued commitment to the school district's mission. And school board president Brenda Rogers underlined their importance at a recent board meeting.
2: We mean it, we know we cannot have a school district but we're not for those people and what all you do for
0: our students every single day. We
2: appreciate it.
1: One of the groups that's being recognized during Education Support Professionals Week is our bus drivers. Chris Ferguson is one of our bus drivers and he said he got started because of his family.
3: Really I was motivated by just wanting to spend more time with my kids because at the time, I was working graveyard, and so we would barely see each other. I would I was missing all the sports, all the assemblies, and the you know the concerts and all that stuff. So, it really was just motivated by wanting to spend more time with my kids. Ironically enough. And speaking of families,
0: that's how Chris described the team at Transportation.
3: We all look out for each other here at Transportation, uh, from the drivers to the um, the mechanics to the admin to dispatch to routing. Everybody does their best to look out for each other and help each other when possible that is a ideal work environment to come and feel like you you are a part of something um and you're not just isolated because you're already isolated enough being a bus driver (laughs) it's just you and those kids so to know that you have help if you need help you know getting on the radio and asking you know, for help from other drivers, if you're running late or if you missed a stop or, you know, drivers that have driven that route can help you out.
1: Chris said he loves his job and he said, working with the students is
3: his favorite part by far. I'm able to connect with the students on the bus. I see them out, you know, cause I live in the community as well. So I see them out. I just over the weekend saw a couple of them, one of them at Winco, one of them at Walmart. And they're like, hey, that's my bus driver.
0: <laughs> if you'd like to join Chris and work with a great team of folks, we are hiring bus drivers right now. Just visit jobs.bethelsd.org for more information. Well, one group of students that doesn't need a school bus
1: are our Bethel Virtual Academy students. For those that don't know, Bethel Virtual Academy is a highly independent and self-paced K-12 online program taught by Bethel School District Certificated Teachers. Connor recently sat down with BVA Principal Sarah Nolette and teachers Brian Wolfe and Monica Hemingway to find out how the Academy is going in year three.
0: Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of the school, what the circumstances were happening in the world when the school was born, and how you came to be involved with it?
4: Sure. I can tell you quite a bit about how we came to be. So back at the beginning of the pandemic, I was approached actually by the assistant superintendent to create Bethel Virtual Academy. And really not even just because of the pandemic. I think that the this school district had been looking into creating this type of a school for a while because there are other options and kids leave our district to go to other programs so there's just an opportunity for me to create that Um, I was an assistant principal at Bethel high school and was really looking to move up and be a principal
0: and building your own school from scratch not a lot of people get to do that what went into that from your perspective and then I'm sure you got a lot of help but I I would imagine you had to do a lot of research and to see how things are done We, we hadn't had one of these types of schools before what was your process from hearing we're going to do this to we're now open.
4: Um, So I actually did get quite a bit of help um, in partnership with Ron Mayberry who's our director in CTE and college readiness. He uh, was formerly a principal for the Federal Way Internet Academy and so he had some experience and I sat down and worked with him quite a bit on building the program and figuring out how do you make a master schedule when you don't actually have to attend the classes. What does that look like? We also spent some time over that summer developing. Um, I worked with Marianne Malloy-White in the district office to develop sort of like an application or an interest letter for our families to find out who was interested in coming to a school like ours. Um, so there was quite a bit of research at the beginning of it to figure out which direction we wanted to go.
0: And Brian, how did you come to get involved with BVA and what interested you about that?
2: Well, it's actually kind of a funny story because I originally, they sent out a questionnaire to all staff in the Bethel School District and I just requested some more information. I wasn't really looking to move. I'd been at Spanoway Lake for 27 years and kind of scared of change. And then the next thing I know, they just switched me into BVA and I panicked
0: and, decided to just go with it and and uh, I'm glad I did. And Monica, same question for you. How, how did you get involved with BVA?
5: Well, I mainly got started because I was a music teacher for 20 years and learning about how germs spread as more research was done because of the pandemic. I, I always was sick when I was teaching music and I realized that that was because children are spewing their germs <laughs> all the time. So this interested me, even though it wasn't a music position and I applied and similar to what happened with Brian, I applied and then they just told me I'm, I'm here and uh, not to go back to my old job. Um, so it was a little bit scary, it was something brand new, teaching a virtual classroom, but I'm really happy that I made that choice and, um, The rest is history.
0: Brian, what's the biggest difference? I'm sure there's many, many differences. What's the biggest difference, though, in your eyes between teaching a class in person and teaching a class virtually?
2: Well, I think most of it just is you're available to the students all day. And, you know, a lot of our staff are answering emails at night before they go to bed. And we just are kind of working on and off through the day helping students because a lot of them are working non-traditional school hours as well.
0: And Sarah, I'm sure when BVA opened, I mean, it obviously seemed like a no-brainer. We were all going virtual. So it just made sense that we had a virtual academy that focused on that type of learning. I think some people probably assumed, oh, once we all get back to the classroom, BVA goes away. That's not at all the case. What's the benefit of having a virtual academy in a time when we are back in class?
4: One of the things that is a key difference between what we were doing during the pandemic and what the brick and mortars were doing, they were in what's called remote learning. So they would have their entire class together on Zoom and they do it synchronously so at the same time. Our school is built around asynchronous learning which means you're essentially doing it on your own with support or individually. And so a lot of our um, curriculum and learning plans and the things that we do with students as Mr. Wolf had just mentioned is really like one-on-one and students are able to sort of accelerate themselves if they would like to they can go as fast or as slow as they want in a class and so it it just creates itself a lot more flexibility for students that are really interested in, in kind of doing that learning and motivated to learn on their own
0: monica i'm sure there's a big difference between secondary and elementary in terms of being remote and what a student's kind of capable of handling on their own so i would imagine you're you're working a lot with parents too what what's that like in terms of having parents a lot more involved in classroom stuff. Is that a benefit? Is it harder?
5: It's a huge benefit. We found the parents that still are with us, that stuck through and stayed at BVA, are the ones who experienced the remote learning, possibly. They experienced covid And then they realized they wanted to be more involved in their students' learning. But maybe they didn't have the knowledge to actually be a homeschooler. So what BVA does is it personalizes everything to the students' needs. We have a check-in meeting with the students every two weeks where the the parent or the learning coach, which usually is the parent, but sometimes it's an aunt or an uncle. We meet with them every two weeks. We check their progress. In addition to that, now this year we've started doing weekly class meetings for an hour where we do a social-emotional lesson and we do an overview of the work that's going to be assigned for the week. There's really so much available. We have different optional activities for the families, too, that the parents don't have to come to, but the students love it. We do a a book club. We have music class that I teach because that's what my background is. We have an art club that's taught by one of the secondary teachers, but it's for the elementary kids. And the teachers are available. I send text messages and I get text messages from the families um, asking questions about assignments. I think they feel that they have somebody that they can always call on.
0: That's great, it sounds very collaborative, which is really cool. and. Uh probably a new way for a lot of parents to experience their child's education. Uh, Brian, I imagine, especially for the older kids, this isn't for everyone. Is there a type of student that you've noticed since you've been at this that kind of excels in this type of learning?
2: We have a lot of students that are working, that need you know, flexibility in, in their scheduling and that sort of thing. We have students that maybe have split custody between parents who don't both live in the district. I had one student that went uh, to Ireland for a month to visit her father and was able to bring her iPad and do her work. We also have kids that suffer from social anxiety and medical issues, some students that are caregivers for other family members. You know, we've had some students, even today, I got an email from a girl that's in the hospital submitting work uh, while she's in the hospital. So we've had several students struggling in that way they're able to keep on pace with their schooling and not get behind. The athletes who uh, have rigorous training and traveling schedules, families who want to teach their children at home for religious or cultural reasons, uh, students that struggle with bullying or harassment intimidation issues, students who just would benefit from a flexible schedule because many students prefer to work in the afternoon and evening time as opposed to early in the morning.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting the flexibility part, and I would imagine, you know, a student needs to be kind of self-motivated for this type of work. Let's talk a little bit about self-motivation and, and the type of student that can handle being put in a situation where it'd be really easy to not do stuff. They kind of have to be on the ball, don't they?
4: They do, and I will say that I think there have been many students that have started in our virtual academy that wouldn't have necessarily said online what they wanted to do, and they have just bloomed in our program. One of the things that is really key to doing well in our program is really keeping to another schedule. Almost all of our students have to develop a schedule for themselves and set aside like a place that when I'm sitting in this spot in my house, this is where I'm going to school. But they're able to do some flexible things with their schedule. So if they want to work on a you know a class for an hour and then take an hour break, they can do that. But they have to stick to their schedule. That's really key to it. We on the secondary side of the house have um, an advisory meeting once a week with their advisor every Tuesday. And that helps too along with the classroom meetings that um, Ms. Hemingway was mentioning to to keep our kids kind of connected in school and it's that opportunity for every teacher to connect back with the students to make sure that they are tracking along and uh, keeping up with their work.
0: Is the Bethel Virtual Academy a finished product, or are, are we still developing what this can be, and, and where do you see the Academy going in the future?
4: Gosh, I definitely think that it's still always a work in progress. I mean, we've kind of joked around that we're sort of remodeling the plane while we're flying it all the time, because we're, we're morphing and growing and figuring out all of those things that work really well for our students. We have definitely added on different things each year and the way we do things. We went from having just the one advisory class the first year and now our third year in. I mean, we have we have drop-in sessions and live tutoring sessions going on all, almost all day, every day. I could see this being a long-standing tradition for our school district.
0: Thank you very much. If people want to learn more about the Bethel Virtual Academy, they can go to Bethelsd.org BVA.
1: And that'll do it for this week's show. Connor, we kick things off talking about time travel. On the count of three, name your favorite time travel movie. Don't even think about it. Just name it. One, two, three. Back 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 to 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 the the future. future.
0: What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage?
3: (laughs) Yup.